we have this value inside our company. We were always changing stuff. You know, we are never set to what it is because I guess that's the ultimate constant, you know, change in, in e-commerce, but in life as well, it's all about changing continuously. So after that, we built other tools like a survey tool, a website personalization tool. Then we, nowadays we built a tool for customer segmentation because not all the customers are equal. Some are better than the others. So pretty much that's how it started. And now we are a 50 people company. We are thriving. We grew more than 55% last year because the market is growing as well. And many companies are waking up to this new reality that they need to convert the traffic and they need to convert the one-time customers into long-term customers. So customer retention, customer lifetime value are topics that are really hot and they will continue to be really hot in the future. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SingSpider. Hello and welcome to another Ecom Ops podcast interview. Today I'm in touch with Valentin from OmniConvert. Hey, Valentin, great to meet you. Hi there, Norbert, and hello everyone, and thanks for listening to us today. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to have you, Valentin. I mean, uh, OmniConvert is a really great tool for, for testing out, uh, but you can tell me more a bit later. Um, it's also cool that you are in Europe, so also a European uh, SaaS uh, company. Uh, this is great. So um, if, if there are any concerns regarding privacy and, and you're a listener from Europe, um, the perfect tool go to only convert here. Um, Valentin, tell me a bit more about how did you get into e-commerce or SaaS world? Well, uh, long story short, I, I've, I got into e-commerce by accident, but I don't believe that there are accidents anymore on this planet. So I don't no. believe in hazard. Uh, one of our... Uh, or I had an agency, my, my second company, I had an agency and I met with uh, some uh, young entrepreneur. They, he was selling uh, car insurance and he had a very, very ugly website. Mm -hmm. It was in Macromedia Flash, if you know, with the car which oh, was nice. spinning around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I looked over his website and I said, you, you, you can't sell with this one. And he said he was very humble and uh, friendly and say, please help me. I don't know what to do with it. Is this an opportunity to sell online? He was having some offline activities. And I looked over the uh, Western European market in online car insurance. The UK market was, was booming. And I said, what? That's a fantastic opportunity because no one was selling it. So uh, we teamed up. We built a website. We became the largest online car insurance player here in Romania. Uh, I made the exit uh, six years afterwards. And uh, uh, cool. when we had 250,000 active customers and uh, pretty much that's how I got into e-commerce. I learned a ton during this, uh, this period. And afterwards, uh, I built uh, OmniConvert. Uh, based on my own experience around uh, not only acquiring customers, but actually and acquiring traffic, but actually converting the traffic into uh, transactions and then having long, long term customers, because now even then, but now more than ever, the competition is so high that you can't 
waste the opportunity to have uh, loyal customers if you can of course if you're yes. if you're smart enough or if you're listening to this type of uh, podcast it's clear that you're educating yourself and congrats for doing this yeah i i also uh, like that uh listening to bot- podcasts and uh it's it's really that the people that that listen to podcasts or that that listen to to webinars are really trying to get themselves um more skills and and getting problem solved which is great and i think it's uh it's 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 great when when you do that so um absolutely uh, fully agree to you valentine um what what is the reason uh, why why did you um build omniconvert um so why 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 a tool that does um testing and and analytics and all this kind of stuff yeah we we mainly uh, i thought that everyone was struggling like i did we yeah. we were uh, we were struggling to to nail the conversion rate it was that blue line in google analytics and it was always flat you know it, yeah. it wasn't going like this like in our wet dreams so we we started to do a b testing it, at the beginning we used our own developers there weren't many tools at that moment there was no uh, there weren't too many options. It was only Adobe Test and Target, which was extremely expensive only for enterprise companies. And we built our own uh, testing tool. And bit by bit, we we started to move the needle. We started to move the conversion rate. So one year after our efforts, we were completely obsessed about the conversion rate. We increased the conversion rate by 60%, doing all sorts of crazy stuff like I don't know. We were, if you had the Honda, we we were showing you your Honda, and we were selling cherish, uh, cherish your beautiful car, and whatever. All this stuff, which were giving some instant gratification, which were diminishing the friction. So we tested a lot, and uh, seeing what was the impact on our own business, we thought that there are many entrepreneurs out there, many e-commerce companies which are on the lookout to increase their conversion rate, and that's how we we built OmniConvert in the first place. Uh, after that, we let's say continued to to innovate. Uh, we were uh, we has, have this value inside our company. We were always changing stuff. You know, we are never settled to what it is, uh, because I guess that's that's the ultimate constant. You know, change in in e-commerce, but in life as well, it's all about changing continuously. So after that, we we built other uh, other tools like a sur- survey tool, a website personalization tool. Then we nowadays we we built a tool for customer segmentation because not all the customers are equal. Some are better than the others. So pretty much that's how it started. And now we are a 50 people company. We are thriving. We grew more than 55% last year because the, the market is, uh, is growing as well. And uh, many companies are waking up to this new reality that they need to uh, convert the traffic and they need to uh, convert the one-time customers into long-term customers. So customer retention, customer lifetime value are topics that are really hot and they will continue to be really hot in the in the future. Awesome. Really, really very, very interesting uh, stuff. And what I like is uh, you also came from, from um, a use case. So you 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 had the problem. Um, you couldn't find a proper solution to solve it, and you solved it by developing um, a solution. And these solutions are typically very interesting um, to use it because um, there is so much insights of your own experiences into the tool. It's not just a developer um, that did something. It's yeah. uh, it's a marketer in, in this case. 
that 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 did um, that did solve a problem and made it um, touchable for for other marketers. And this is very very interesting. What sets you apart from your competition? I mean, there are a lot of A/B uh, testing tools outside. There yeah. is uh, Google Optimized. There is Optimizely that is well known. Which is free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, free. Yeah. 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 What what sets you apart? Yeah, so we have three things that sets us apart from all the competition. The the first thing is that we're completely stubborn on the e-commerce. So mainly you can't find any solution on the market at the at this moment, which is addressing the mid-size uh, 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 companies, which can offer such a, a broad uh, uh, offer in terms of the tools. So let me tell you why. Besides the A-B testing, we have this uh, customer segmentation. So in e-commerce, it's very hard to do data analytics. So in order to have a talented data analyst, you have to pay a lot of money. And the chances are that they are not going to find the anomalies out there. Now, using this RFM segmentation, it's allowing us not only to test the website, but to change the website according to who's visiting. RFM stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. So with RFM, you can have your best customers that are active and they are buying over and over again. Having this solution, having this solution uh, without having to, to mess with the data, with the SQL queries, with nothing, it's a lot, it allows you to automatically change the website for your newly acquired customers with the highest potential, for your best customers, which are loyal, and so on. So mainly, uh, besides the A-B testing, we also have this website personalization. The second thing is that we're, uh, from our knowledge at this moment, we have uh, this blended approach of having a consulting arm, which is uh, helping our customers to actually make use of the technology. Because it's that saying, uh, uh, a fool with a tool is still a fool. So you need to level up your knowledge and your understanding. And that's why we have this consulting arm and our customer success team is not uh, pushing your technology. We are assisting our customers to extract the value from our tool because there are a lot of tools which are there they look bright, they look fantastic, but how do you do it? How do you, how you make use of it? How, because this learning curve is, uh, uh, is very steep. So we have a consulting arm and we also have a whole academy, not around how to use the tool, but around how to improve the customer lifetime value. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters for, for that's companies. That's what matters, absolutely. It, it depends how, how many do you pay uh, customer acquisition cost, how much does a customer cost you? How long is the customer here? How much value does the customer bring? This is the important part in, in marketing for um, any e-commerce website and even every SaaS application or or any tool that, that generates leads. The, this is the important part to really yeah. analyze uh, the costs versus um, uh, the value. Um, yeah. Now, the third, the third thing, Norbert, just to, to finish. So we have this RFM segmentation engine we have this approach to uh, actually have practitioners and data analysts with the customers to, to use the technology to ramp up and this education program called the CVO Academy. And also we have the NPS, uh, very, very advanced NPS feature where mm -hmm. we where it's not about shipping products. It's about making sure that the customers are happy and so happy that they will recommend you as a, as a company. So we have... Uh, a pre-delivery NPS, a post-delivery NPS, and we have a segmented NPS. So you'll be able to see what is the NPS from a specific location, what is the NPS for our most loyal customers. And 
by having all these blended approaches, so we, we, it's not like we have a tool. We have a suite of tools, which is helping e-commerce companies thrive. And mainly that's how, what, uh, uh, what sets us uh, apart. And this year, uh, we're going, we're training agencies, we're certifying agencies into this methodology because I think the acquisition days are over. So it's not about acquisition anymore. It's about acquisition, conversion, and retention. And the, 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 if, if conversion is, uh, uh, is in, all of those pieces are important, right? You, you can't have retention without acquisition. You can't have acquisition without conversion and so on. So mainly at, uh, at this moment, we are also certifying agencies and I'm personally training agencies to, uh, to become data-driven and uh, help their customers be customer-centric because that's, uh, that's what matters on the long run. And we've seen a lot of uh, companies striving with this approach. That's very interesting because you have two parts. You have the tool and you have the people helping other people to, to come into the tool uh, and performing the right um, tests and the personalization and everything. Now, um, how, how do you build this? Is this part of your pricing that this is included? So when you have a subscription and, uh, and the effort that you do and help the people is included or is it an extra charge? How, how is this handled? Yeah, depending on how intense is the help from our end, we have left, we have different tiers. So if you have the tool, if you if you buy the tool, you also have access to uh, one of our customer success uh, uh, person. If you want more than that, if you want, let's say, the access to a data analyst, or if you want a front-end developer, or whatever you are uh, in need for uh, a strategist to help you with the customer lifetime value, we provide this kind of access in a tiered, uh, uh, with different tiers of, uh, of involvement. Uh, we also work with very large companies, which uh, uh, like, I don't know, Tempur Sealy or Decathlon or Sephora, which we are helping with our uh, uh, full team. So mainly there are, there. we also have this consulting arm where we have, uh, uh, it's like an extension of their team. They have seven different roles into a team and they fractionally help different uh, different other, other companies. And on the other end, well, on the agency program, we, uh, we help them uh, at this moment, we can still do it. I mean, the, we have around 10 agencies that we're working closely with. We aim to have 100 by the end of this year. And uh, we help them uh, after they get certified in our CVO Academy and after they get through the certification program, we help them down the line to with their first customers because we do believe that CVO, customer value optimization, is what's emphasizing the whole activities towards e-commerce growth. This is uh, a, a great part because I just wanted to ask what is CBO <laughs> and what does it mean? So I, I've seen that. Um, I know, of course, what it is. Uh, I've seen it on the website, uh, but uh, it would be very interesting that you explain a bit about CBO. So what does it actually mean? Uh, it's a new approach, I think, um, um, mm -hmm. that, that you talk about that. Uh, what does it mean? Which benefit uh, does it have to, to do the customer value optimization? Why should yeah. businesses use it? Yeah, so uh, I'm coming from this CRO uh, narrative where we were doing conversion rate optimization. But what we discovered is that this approach, which requires uh, constant experimentation, strong hypotheses, and uh, uh, a psychological approach so that you can understand the customers, and a data-driven approach because you need statistics, right? The, the, the data... Uh, uh, 
is is not lying unless you let's say force it right i mean uh, the this type of approach from cro allowed me and us to understand that we can apply these principles not only on the website but on other channels as well and at this moment any e-commerce company is using uh, email social seo paid traffic and whatever but these channels are being seen separately and mainly the org chart also separates this type of functions and i think this is the the main problem because mm -hmm. if we don't look at the relationship between the company and the customer if we don't have a customer journey that's analyzing the touch points and it's uh, orchestrating a, an experience which is uh, flawless right uh, and if we don't look at the whole life uh, life cycle of the customer then we are missing out we have these problems like uh, the email marketing team is pushing uh, their email campaigns by again here's 10% discount but the company has a ticket in their backlog because the customer has not received the product or it had the damaged uh, package and these kind of things must stop from my perspective because we are consumers as well and we are pissed off when these things are happening however this siloed approach can't continue anymore. So customer value optimization requires customer journey to analyze it, requires customer research to understand what's the value that we are selling as a company, how much can we get as value from the customer, and it's that good old principle. You always get what you give. If, yeah. uh, if you're not giving the value, you can't, you can't expect to extract too much value from the, let's say, uh, outer world. So CVO is now having all these three pillars, customer acquisition, conversion rate optimization and uh, customer retention, which means using all the tools that you have at your disposal, not separately, not email marketing is for uh, retention and uh, for uh, lead nurturing. So email marketing can be a tool of uh, acquisition as well, right? If you use zero party data, if you extract the right uh, uh, data from your prospects, then you can use email marketing as an acquisition tool. And the idea behind CVO is to have uh, the, the, the methodology to understand the value that you're getting, the value that you need to give, to look the, at the balance between CLV and CAC, and then to make the business sustainable. So uh, at this moment, we are certifying agencies in this direction. In the CVO Academy, we have, uh, I teamed up with a lot of uh, seven other A-level practitioners in their fields, like in customer experience, in consumer behavior, and so on. So. Uh, Pretty much that's uh, that's what CVO is. And we also have some free courses for, for the ones which are interested to, to find out more. That's cool. Um, and I found everything on the website, I assume? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Now uh, let's go a bit into e-commerce uh, directly. So um, let's say um, first steps. What are the first steps that someone in e-commerce can take to implement customer value optimization into their business? What are the first things to do? Yeah, the, the first thing that uh, they need to do is to, to track customer experience. So there are three, uh, three things that need to be fixed to, to improve customer lifetime value. First is what the company says, which is marketing. And I think this is overused. A lot of companies are aware about marketing. They do a lot of stuff. Even though they are not doing the right thing, it's, it's something that they analyze. The second thing is what the company sells, which are the, the, is the product assortment. So if you are selling, uh, let's say, crappy products, don't expect customers to come back. Have this, uh, I had this experience and I've seen that uh, uh, no amount of marketing can fix a bad uh, product. Yeah. And the third thing is the customer experience. Like how 
happy are the customers? Have we done our job as a company to, to ship the, the right product from A to B at the right time and the customers are satisfied enough to recommend us? If we haven't done that, it's a problem. So I would start with the customer experience because customer experience, it's allowing us to see the whole customer journey and to identify what's going on. And this thing uh, requires an NPS implementation. So the first thing that we are doing in the CPO methodology is to make sure that the company is uh, doing uh, its job and also that the, we are listening to the customer voice because with the NPS, we can debug, let's say, the customer journey. We can find out where is the problem because we, we do hear our own thoughts. We do hear the, the thoughts of the uh, experts from the market. We do hear the, what the team is saying, but what's the customer saying? So if a company is not uh, measuring NPS, they need to do it because NPS, it's uh, showing you a number and you can compare with other peers. And moreover, it allows you to see what uh, the customers, how they are articulating the problems that they are, they are seeing. And then mm -hmm. it's, it's all a matter of uh, doing this type of uh, ongoing uh, experiments, let's say, to improve the NPS, because it's not only to diagnose. We have a broken bone. You, you actually need to fix that, right? You need to fix what's broken on the customer journey. So that's the first step in the customer value optimization. Then is the customer research to go in-depth, to do customer segmentation, to see why are our best customers buying and what they are buying, which are the anomalies. For instance, we uh, with our first company that we done this this endeavor they couldn't move the conversion rate anymore and they wanted to to find a solution so we applied the rfm segmentation so recency frequency and monetary value and then we looked which are the brands that are providing us the most sticky and loyal customers and they, there were some anomalies over there they, even though uh, they they weren't aware of those and then we got even deeper and we realized that the best customer lifetime value was in cities which were having less than 50,000 inhabitants. And that's because in the big cities, they, they had shopping malls and you can find all the brands over there and they were selling shoes, right? So this type of uh, approach, the customer research blended with measuring the customer experience is the first step. Once you understand this type of things, you come up and you change your acquisition because that's what they've done as well. They 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 fo heavily focused on smaller cities with their uh, acquisition efforts because it was more it was cheaper to acquire customers from those cities because nobody was uh, betting too much on those. And second, it was there were their best customers. A single ideal customer in with the RFM you can find out so. But from our benchmark, we have a publicly available benchmark. A single ideal customer profile is as valuable as 327 low-value customers. So mainly the, the anomaly in the data is that four out of 10 customers are not even making up their customer acquisition cost on, on average, right? I'm not saying that on all the cost companies is the same thing. No, it's not the same, but it's a, it's, it's a very clear number. Yeah? And, and yeah. it, shows, it shows the right, uh, the right uh, information, yeah. Exactly. So pretty much that's how I uh, how we start. The, but anyways, if there are people which are interested, we have the the whole CVO methodology outlined over there with the with the timeline and what to do. At the end of the day, Norbert, it's all about finding what we don't know because we don't know what we don't know. But with the help of the customer, doing this type of in depth interviews, analyzing the customer voice, you'll you'll end up 
more smart about what you should be doing. And you have two routes at, at this moment. I mean, any e-commerce leader out there has two routes. Continue what they are doing, how they are doing, or changing something. And that change needs to be data informed, if not data driven. So what would you say is the first, really the first thing uh, when, 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 when you want to do something like it, what should I do um, or look at uh, to, to get the party started? Yeah, NPS for sure. NPS. NPS, mm -hmm. pre-delivery and post-delivery. NPS, right? Was the website buying experience? Was the total purchase experience? If the, if the NPS uh, and after that, you fix what's broken, right? You fix, you it's like debugging. NPS is like debugging yeah. the customer journey. Perfect. Um, if there is always the first thing that you should do and a good tips, what you can do, there are also things that you have seen. What are the bad things that you have seen? What do e-commerce store owners wrong at the moment? Two or well, three things. Yeah. One, one thing is that uh, they, they are in this frenzy of uh, finding new channels, but uh, thanks to the, the, the fact that the internet giants are not serving cookies to e-commerce anymore, they, they are getting into this uh, downward spiral to, to go to TikTok, to go to Instagram, to change the creatives, to do these type of things. But I think in acquisition, uh, the Holy Trinity is like this. We have the creative, we have the offer, and we have the target. If they, if they, and what they are doing is they are focusing on the creative and they are not focusing enough on the offer and on the, on the target. On the offer, you can, you can focus, but if you're destroying your margin, that's not going to help the business in the future. So mainly the target is what it's lacking. Understanding your target and uh, doing this. Few companies are doing this right. They, it was that same for Peter Drucker that half of companies uh, don't even know what they are selling and why their their customers are buying their products. And I think that's right. We I made multiple uh, endeavors with companies to, that were selling all sorts of products. And after the jobs to be done interviews with their customers, we realized, hey, <laughs> we haven't knew that this is our customer profile, and that's why they are buying our our product. And uh, so that's one problem that most of the uh, e-commerce companies are doing. The acquisition game is related to the target, is related to the job to be done by your product. And uh, uh, pretty much that's it. Another problem is that they treat everyone the same. You have, if you have 100 customers, eight or nine of them are fantastic customers. You need to understand who they are, why they buy, and those eight, nine customers could be the seed that you can feed the algorithm with. Because if you have them already, if you know which are your best customers, even Facebook is telling you this. They are saying, build lists with your best customers because that's helping us, the algorithm, to find affinities between your best customers. Let's say you have 2,000 of your customers are fantastic, right? Get them. And you can do this. That's something that our technology does. But besides that, you can do it manually if you don't want something that uh, allows you to do it uh, automatically. So that's the, the, the second thing. That they are trading everyone, everyone the same. And another thing I think it's, uh, is the fact that they are not taking into account uh, the, the timing. They bombard all their customers with their 15% discount buy now without looking at the purchase cycle. Let me give you an example. A company is selling uh, uh, vitamins or nutrition stuff, right? And 
they are not even aware about the parameter, which is called average days between the transactions, right? Because the purchase cycle is following the consumption cycle. Nobody wants to stock their vitamins or their thingy that they are buying because it's, uh, and, and it's pissing me off when I'm seeing this. I'm seeing these follow-ups buy again, buy again, or what happened, why aren't you buying from us? Without even noticing that if you're selling a, 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 a 30, 30 different uh, tablets of, of a vitamin, you, you, you can at least look into your data and see when people are buying, when they are restocking your product. And uh, this consumption cycle is being ignored by, by many companies. And what they are doing is they let their email marketing campaigns go on, like uh, on autopilot every week, uh, a new, a new buy, 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 buy campaign without even bothering to, to, to think that is this customer actually using our products? Has, has, has this customer been uh, happy about it? And if you don't ask yourself as a company these questions, I think you're in a, uh, uh, you, you are broadcasting like a broken record, you know? Companies have this, uh, on, one, on one channel they say something, on another channel they say something. We are this Frankenstein uh, thing that, uh, and I think that should stop, even though it's, uh, it's a bit, uh, let's say, hard. I think we should stop. And uh, uh, in this new experience economy, the one which is going to win is the company which is showing that it cares the most for, for the company because the same product I can buy from 200 other stores than yours. Why should I buy it from you? And uh, taking care about this customer journey, working like a movie director, right? To understand, okay, and if the customer is buying and we are sending this email, what should we say in this email? Why they bought this, uh, this product? When should we follow up? What can we say? And uh, these, these things are, uh, are exciting. Actually, we, we, uh, I find a lot of excitement when we are, uh, I'm, I'm some, from time to time, I'm, uh, I'm helping our teams to, to come up with crazy ideas and uh, these things are, are working. Yeah, and I, I can absolutely agree to that. Um, I mean, uh, as an example, I have, um, I have a small dog, a chihuahua. Uh, and a chihuahua, and um, uh, he he has a lapsus, yeah? and uh, I need to buy buy special food for him, um, and uh, I do this online in a, a dog mm-hmm. food pet food store, um, and they they really do it good. So uh, when you sign up, you just tell them also which dog you have, um, which which weight it has. And mm-hmm. they know exactly how many uh, kilos are in the in, in the food, and they write you and 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 use that in the right time. So they, yeah. they offer, of course, subscription. So this is also a, a big thing. But I don't like subscriptions. Um, I personally I don't like if they just send the goods. Uh, but they remind me in the right time that hey, do you have enough food? And I think this is this is a a, a good value. Um, to 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 show, and it's not bombarding. They are not bombarding me with newsletters. I think I get maybe two or three newsletters a year. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, and, and this is the, the frequency. I also have a lot of customers that I recently talked to. Um, they, they start hating um, bombarding their customers, meanwhile. So I, I, in, in the past three, four years ago, it was like, hey, I need a newsletter. And they shoot out every week something with, with discounts. Um, but it simply did not work anymore or started st- stop stop working. Um, and, and they are now very 
patient and very, very careful uh, when they send out a newsletter. They really draft it seriously and mm -hmm. reduce the frequency, which is good, but it's more powerful, has more worth. Um, and, and I think that's that's um, an important fact. Um, let's talk a bit about automation. Um, do you yep. use automation in your company? How do you use it? How important is it? Yeah, we. Uh, I think it's uh, it's crucially important nowadays to to replicate uh, to, to to understand what's working and to get to the minimum repeatability. So, uh, my perception about it is that if you if you understand what's working, you you just need to fine tune the process and to uh, uh, exclude the human from it. So, if you can if you if you can think it uh, this way, uh, I think you're on the right uh, on the right path. We use it on the sales end. We use it on the marketing end. We are uh, we are using it on the reporting for for our cli clients. Uh, uh, I I think what's uh, we are we are now in the process of uh, of doing some crazy thing. We and I'm going to disclose this by the way. So we we realize that our best uh, uh, our best approach is to go for for very large companies because the the impact. On them is fantastic. I mean, they are. They are we have these uh, um, large companies, large retailers, which are being stuck because they have. They need to transform themselves. They need to go into the online game. They've been forced last in the last two years to to go full throttle in the on their digital channels, but they don't have the the overview. So we we've been working with a few of them. We've been doing this type of modeling to extract data from offline sources and from online sources, and then to to give a unique source of truth around the customer. And uh, we want to do an, uh, an an outreach campaign uh, for for them, which is completely automated. So mainly we are extracting the the right people from LinkedIn, and then we uh, we automatically uh, build some t-shirts which are personalized with their faces around the fact that they are customer centric and they care about uh, their customers. We push their logos on the t-shirts and we ship them a, a, a product which is made for them by the machines with a, 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 a company called Printify, which is printing the t-shirts wherever they are. So maybe that's, that's our Q1 uh, uh, crazy automated outreach uh, campaign at, uh, at this Very moment. crazy, very cool. I like it. <laughs> that's really great. Um, great marketing idea, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, last question for the day. Um, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? About e-commerce? <laughs> I think I, uh, I learned the most from uh, from Avinash Kaushik, which is not particular for from e-commerce, but uh, at my beginnings when I was reading uh, Ockham's Razor, is his blog since I don't know 2009. I think I I, I read that he was uh, he was having this uh, let's say uh, clear objective approach towards data, and uh, and that helped me helped me a lot. To, to understand how to do the budgets, how to, uh, let's say, risk. I'm always taking a lot of risks, which might seem crazy, but these are calculated risks. If you don't test it, you'll never know, right? You need to experiment. You need to execute uh, uh, crazy experiments and every now and then. And I guess he's the, he's the figure that I uh, have most uh, appreciation for uh, in this, uh, even though he's not an e-commerce expert in particular, 
if you use the data in e-commerce, you'll never, never, if you use the data properly in e-commerce, you'll never fail. That's cool. Yeah, thanks so much for your time, Valentin. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Um, and uh, I just want to point out um, again, Take a look at uh, NPS, take a look at customer value optimization. Um, it's very, very interesting um, uh, area. And um, when you talk to the customers, talk in the right time to the right thing um, and just don't blast out everything. So to really learn to, to optimize um, and to improve with the right tools. And I think OmniConvert really is a great tool for that. I know it, I've, I've tested it. Um, I played around with it and it's really very, very interesting and you can learn a lot if you do the right things. And I think the team of On We Convert is also there for you to help. Um, so thank you very much, Valentin. Have a great time. Thank you, Norbert. And thanks everyone for watching us today. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.